Bandwagons say gay rights. You're listening to Bandwagons. That's true because we said bandwagons twice. <laughs> it's just it's to reiterate. Fine. It's, fine. It's, fine. it's just to reiterate who they're listening to and who supports gay rights as a podcast. It is bandwagons. I can't confirm. Um, welcome back to bandwagons. Thanks so much for the feedback on last week's episode. We really appreciate it. Um, Connor's actually going to be doing a takeover on our Insta this week, so keep an eye out for that. If you don't follow us, do you know what they? Kind of rude. I'm going to say Friday provisionally, but subject to change. But Friday, the coming, yeah. Great. Great, yeah, great. How are you, Brie? I'm good. We're very giddy today. I'm so giddy. I don't know what it is. That makes me feel it's like We're our favourite guests soon. Yeah, that is very fair. We're absolutely delighted that the crossover, ve- crossover event of the year has finally happened. <laughs> and we've invited the lads in after they've so graciously had us on many times. Yeah, we came up with this idea last July, but had to wait till June. Because <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> yeah. We were like, July, Pride! And everyone was like, no. it's literally been a gone girly. Um, yeah, we were delighted to have Sissy That Pod in studio, Keen Sullivan, James Wagan. Thank you so Ooh. much for joining us. It's also James's birthday today. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Happy birthday! We Thank actually you. we did already, right, but we, we we won't do it again because he's he's been he's been through enough today. I have I've had too many Zoom people singing Happy Birthday at me already today. But I did get the greatest gift of all time. My housemate got me a cameo from Taylor Armstrong from from um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No way! And also homemade cupcakes. We came in, Reed had cooked cupcakes, and James like, "This is the best present I've got so far." And apparently not. No, yeah, no. Just Keen's just side eyeing and being like, mm, "Your Instagram story you just lied. tells otherwise." <laughs> Cameos are the best, though, aren't they? I know, I love them. Such an easy present. And I, I thought that I, I, I used to think they were just a terrible idea. I was like, these poor people who are like sat off in their mansions and like having to do this for money. And now I'm like, no, perfect, absolutely, get Carrie Katona back on there. I want one. Oh yeah. my god! Imagine getting one from Carrie Katona. You oh, got you got one name. You don't. Start. <laughs> I don't want Carrie Katona for God's sake. I got one from my new housemate from Jan. Was it Jan? Yeah, Jan yeah. from oh, Dra- cool. the latest season of Drag Race, and she was great. She sang "Happy Birthday" and all. It was it, was it was very funny. Though, incredible. She's just in her apartment because obviously this all happened during lockdown, and yeah. then like it's whoever like her housemate is just kind of sitting in the background, like it's sitting her at the table, boyfriend, like. not paying. Oh, it's her boyfriend, but like <laughs> he's just not paying like any attention. It's, it was very amusing to watch for me. I was like, how many of these is she doing that he's just like not even phased at this point? Like, yeah. I got one at Christmas from Cheryl Hole. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was good. Was it good? Yeah. Cheryl, um, I feel like, would give a lot. Yeah, she's energetic. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. I got my housemate one from Janice Dickinson. Um, oh my God. It was spectacular. But there was like someone in the background like feeding her her lines. So she was like, hey. And then he was like, Connor, Connor. <laughs> it's his birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Connor was was spectacular. I, exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. I was about to say you'd expect nothing less from Janice Dickinson. Pickled. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great expression. For some of our listeners probably know who you are, but for those who don't, uh, do you want to tell us about who you are in your podcast? Yeah, go go for it. Oh, so we. <laughs> I'll defer James to my colleague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Six Step Pot is a RuPaul's Drag Race reaction podcast. So we're covering All Stars Five at the moment. So every day that you can watch all stars five over here so normally saturdays we have an episode out the following day and then we during quarantine we started doing midweek episodes mm-hmm. again um which are just kind of like watching the tricks Mattel documentary dragula other sort of drag adjacent things but um yeah that's kind of pretty much it i still need to watch the tricks documentary i'm oh, i don't know how often i, I watched it really moving. I really and i it. like i was the biggest katia fan 
prior to watching it mm-hmm. came out of it ha- like hating Katia you'll be surprised to hear this I don't think I told you <laughs> yeah, this yeah no I don't think you she did she was my number one queen like and I came out of it and was like I don't like Katia anymore <laughs> but then like I thought about it and I'm okay with her now you should <laughs> I've well, there's an interview episode of her podcast Whimsically Volatile with her and Trixie yeah. where they speak it all out yeah they, put it, they lay it all to bed so you, you can get back on the Katia bus oh my god to we, that out of context yeah we just scream at each other <laughs> we come on your podcast and talk about our, our relationship yeah can you be mediators please <laughs> absolutely um, yeah so we're here to talk about Pride yes it's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing it's sad now obviously with Corona that so many events of it to go online and mm. with everything else but I suppose what as two straight white women yeah. we just wanted to know and get the perspective and your understanding and your experiences of it but for anyone listening like who is coming at this from the, perhaps a very sheltered place who knows what is Pride? Yeah so Pride is our annual monthly events Hour. that we get yeah. to <laughs> specifically <laughs> community <laughs> community uh, it's like the month that we get to, you know, highlight things that are important to the community, that yeah. are topics that are still outstanding. And then there's the, obviously the Pride Parade where, you know, there's, it's a controversial topic sometimes. People feel it should be more protest. People mm. should feel it should be more party. But, you know, it's a parade where people can feel free to be themselves and go out and be as gay as they can on the street where they might not normally be able to. So uh, around, I think it's 51 years this year since Stonewall, which was the birth of the gay rights kind of movement over in New York. And it was, I mean, you, you hear an, like... You'd have to be living under a fairly large rock not to kind of have heard about that. And mm. the the trans community and the gay community came together to kind of like fight back against police brutality in the, the, the around Stonewall in in New York. And it's from there, I suppose, it's just grown into this. It's that sort of like I suppose that flashpoint has become an international sort of commemoration of the progress that's been made. And and, and I think increasingly now it's also a reminder of the sort of the work that's left to do for the gay mm. rights movement. And a lot of and, and what it's been interesting over the last couple of years is that a lot of the focus had been sort of external, sort of been like looking look what you straight people need to do for us. Whereas now I think there's more of a shift to an internal analyzing of like what we as a community, the LGBT community, need to do to start like making life better for the people who are more marginalized within our within our groups um, and Dublin Pride in particular is fantastic for that because there's such a community focus on it and there's such brilliant leaders in Dublin Pride who will be able to kind of who, who push these issues these marginalized issues and haven't let it become like corporately taken taken I'll get off my my, my uh... no I love that. <laughs> oh, keep going keep, keep going but um because internationally there has been a move towards a more corporate pride which is where I suppose the gay gay rights movement has been sort of sanitized to make it sort of family friendly and so you can kind of get corporate sponsors in and and that has meant that kind of a lot of the side issues and sidelines have been pushed away and you get this sort of version of your kind of you know six-packed gay man uh, and your lesbian in her like hiking boots and sort of that's just all you see uh, whereas in Dublin I suppose we've been very lucky with the community leaders that we have particularly say Lisa Connell in GCN and, and Eddie McGuinness in Dublin Pride um, Adam Shanley in HIV and like those people really keep the focus on the community and highlighting the issues of the marginalized groups within our community to make sure that their voices are always being heard being heard and as progress gets made for other groups different groups will come out so like now i suppose you're seeing a real focus in on sort of um lgbtq people with mental health issues neurodiverse people like that sort of is becoming something that's and, and lgbt older people in particular is becoming a group that we're now kind of starting to to direct attention towards um which is i think really important yeah lgbtq people in direct provision as well as uh, that's a Massive, yeah. yeah, and also the accessibility of trans healthcare is another massive yeah, thing in Ireland as well. Because even though we have like the Gender Recognition Act, which other countries are behind, and we don't have as much of a 
turf community in Ireland that they do like in the UK it's still very difficult to count <coughs> people <laughs> excuse me Harry, <laughs> Harry Turfer yeah. Bor- Borden and Moaners we've got a turf <laughs> Harry Potter and the audacity of this bitch <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I suppose trans healthcare is quite uh, you know still quite inaccessible for, for the normal person trying to transition so yeah, so basically Pride is our time to like stick our hands up and say, hey, pay attention to us. Mm. <laughs> and it's also a really, really big party. Like, and that's a thing that shouldn't get lost in it because I think that you, you have this um, fight always going on around this idea that it, it has become too much of a party. And, and like I did give out about the sort of sanitize, sanitization of it uh, to like kind of make it more accessible to families and to, to, to corporate people who want to sponsor it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Basically, the, the problem with, with Pride is that ev- there's good and bad sides to absolutely every single part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's never an easy thing to kind of do absolutely correctly um but yeah the party is as important as the politics i would say yeah on that note what are your first memories of pride and going to a party or parade or event and just being like yeah this is quite a buzz oh wow so this in, well, when was your first pride my first pride was 20 years ago what <laughs> you're only 19 <laughs> I know I meant with my mother's deli <laughs> in the oh. room yeah <laughs> also pickled <laughs> uh, no so my, my first pride was when I started in um, UCD actually no it was 19 years ago now to think about it uh, I, my first my first year in UCD I'd sort of I I came out when I was 17 and um, which I suppose is not uncommon now but at the time would have been quite uh, like uncommon like there there wasn't other gay guys in my school well there was but there there wasn't other out gay guys in my school there there certainly wasn't sort of a gay community that I was going to be part of so I kind of was like I'm out and all my friends were like yeah you're gay and we think that's great but also you don't get to have any form of a sex life or kind of like social life because we're all going to still go to Fusion and Drada (laughs) (laughs) the tales I've heard about Fusion and Drada I've never been but, but do you know what I've, I've realised over the years that I was just blind to all this gay sort of a- action going on around me that apparently there was plenty of people getting off with each other I just was too sort of oblivious skipping through like <laughs> oh. Jets from New Girl <laughs> in your school uh, no in Fusion and Drama I don't want to know what was going on in Gormanton <laughs> But so my first year in um, my first year in actually um, sorry I just remember the first time I was hit on by a gay man was in Fusion in Drada and oh my God. I wasn't even out and so you, I was like you just had absolute like <laughs> heteronorm blinkers on you were like oh look at all these straights yeah Ian's like, there getting his bits in the corner like I and I was just sitting there beside all my friends' bags when they went to dance <laughs> oh, okay. no I wasn't out at the time and I was there with my girlfriend and I was like oh I don't know why he hit on me <laughs> <laughs> no to you sir. <laughs> White guy blinking emoji you like, excuse me? Gotta turn off the blip and the gate out. <laughs> I think it's because you, you wrote your number and description in the back of the door in the toilet. <laughs> I think I read that. I rang that number. <laughs> uh, but no, so it was first year uh, in UCD and I went with the LGBT Society to Pride and it was like a weird experience because it was like, it was so, I mean, it, compared to what it was now, it was tiny. Like it used to finish up in, do you know the kind of like outdoor space beside um, Christ Church Cathedral, that kind of like amphitheater? Yeah. Yes. Like the whole Pride Parade would finish in, like the ex- the entire extent of it would finish in there and would all fit in there to be able to watch the speeches. And I remember going to that and feeling like, it was like, oh my God, this is this is like beyond my wildest dreams to number of homosexuals around here. And I felt so like included and part of the community, but also it was so terrifying because it was so huge. And it was like, this is who are who are all these people where am i gonna where's my place in this community it was always a weird kind of moment of um 
kind of confusion from like coming from a place of like just it was real simple because there was no other gay people to now all of a sudden there there's oceans of them and i need to find my place in them but it was amazing it was definitely i think the first like i remember walking in that pride and like it was weird because there were people actually on the side of the street like shouting at us like religious nut jobs with their like bibles being like excuse me have you heard of jesus um and yeah he's a bad lad (laughs) he is a bad lad (laughs) he's got some questions (laughs) this is the thing about pride though i think because it encourages people to be out and open and to express themselves in as feminine or masculine ways they want that if people aren't okay with it they see it as a front like last year at pride a guy shouted at the window at me saying that all gay men should be castrated so it's like it can it can end up in in you know, the result like if you're not yeah. comfortable with seeing you know men frolicking then you're gonna have it's gonna cause this this negative reaction i wouldn't just put so. you down as a frolicker <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm the boy here <laughs> i went to well i like i was in town and it was on i think i was like Oh, would I have been 13 or 14 in like Cork Pride and we ended up in the parade kind of by mistake <laughs> oops but it opened like walking like, yeah, like, yeah. no I absolutely <laughs> loved it like but again like we were kind of like 14 and it was like I hate to admit it but it was just like such a novelty and we yeah. were like that and like we went with one of my really good friends from home who like was obviously so young and didn't really understand at the time what was going on in his head and obviously he came out later um, but I just remember it being just a very such a welcoming space even for people yeah. of our age and I'd say people looking at us knew that we were just there like for the spectacle of it all and mm. not like you know what I mean that kind but of way I, I think that that's not because that does get like there. there's a, a lot of people who have given out about the fact that it's become this huge thing that like a lot of like straight people like allies will will participate in and say that this is like a really bad thing because it's losing some of its focus I really strongly disagree with that because I think so I in my day job work with LGBT Ireland the, the national LGBT organization and what we've seen over the years is that every time that there's a large sort of demonstration of support for the LGBT community we will get like an upswing in people contacting our services and people accessing our services and it's the same is true for belong to the same is true for tenny the same is true for eight house so these big shows demonstrations of support and of people coming together really are a positive thing because i suppose what they do is they open the door of the closet for people a little bit more and let that light get that little bit further back so like if you are really back far in your own head too far away to even like think about coming out seeing something like marriage equality will make it that little bit better for you seeing something like a massive like front page story about dublin pride being so huge is going to make things a little bit better for you and i think those sort of demonstrations are really important and actually having allies and people who, like you know having you guys doing this and talking about it in your show in this way for your audience like, that's really important because that because the allies are really i mean I, the allies are a really important part of the lgbt to the lgbtq community the problem is and it's like what we're seeing with the black lives matter thing it's about knowing where your voice belongs in that so be there and be supportive and take part in the celebrations but don't sort of take it over and i also think it's a it's a it's a good problem to have when there's too many people who want to join the party like in the 90s it was illegal yeah so, you know it was illegal <laughs> to be gay and now the the guardy are looking for our seal of approval almost you know they want to put rainbows on their cars so you know there's people have problems and i understand them but i'm like it's a good position to be in when people everyone wants to get on board yeah, yeah. fighting for people to even accept you yeah. Can I ask you about the guards and the rainbows, though, on that matter? Like, I am I correct in saying that the guards did march in Pride last year? They did. Yes. What What would your opinions be on that, if I could be so bold as to ask? So, uh, uh, <laughs> there, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
your 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 gesturing is lost on the podcast form. It always is. We should really record the zooms we've been doing recently. Um, no, so I, I think it is very complicated because, like, the judicial system and the Gardaí in in this country do not have a great history where it comes to the LGBT community. I mean, sort of the first Pride in Ireland was inspired by the murder of Declan Flynn in in Fairview Park in 1982. Uh, I was like three or four months old when that happened and I remember it well no <laughs> but no uh, but so and at that point like the the focus from the the entire system was on well it's perfectly reasonable that these people would have done this to this man because being gay is such an abomination that there's no way so and, and that goes through communities in across the country and there's a fear of the Guardian that they're going to like out you or that they're going to take this information around you and destroy your life the Guardian, is, the Guardian have recognised that. We're working them now, uh, sort of all of the, the major national LGBT uh, groups are now working with the guards on a like diversity programme so that they can start really embedding the like the, the, um, the, the atmosphere and the attitudes of inclusivity and respect and dignity for LGBT people into the service. Now, I think what the problem is maybe the, court, the horse has got a little bit before the cart in that they should have worked on that first and then come to us and say can we be part of this rather than sort of what now has been perceived as a bit of kind of like a showboaty kind of like oh we're here to the party performative like yeah exactly yeah exactly I also think I have a friend who works as a clerk with the Gardaí and I think he was happy to see it because he wants to be seeing that there's people in his workplace that support LGBTQ people despite the you know, questionable history of the, the body and their relationship to LGBTQ uh, uh, acts because it was just the LGBTQ members of the police who marched in, it, in uniform. No, it was the it was the the guard uh, the band. Okay, so it was like the like it was the full guard the band. I don't know, maybe, maybe most of them are, but I'm not. You know, I'm no, not. I don't know judge. either. Yeah. <laughs> I think the police. Did, I think members of the police force did also march in it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, absolutely. I didn't and really I have was, a problem with it personally. But, yeah, but I've never had a bad experience with them, and I totally respect the people who have come before me and for the generations who had more of a struggle than I did, and I totally understand why they would be uncomfortable by it. It's mad to think like 1993 was when it was like it was decriminalized. Mm. Yeah. Like that's like a stone's throw away so in terms yeah. of time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like age, it's, it's, it's so yeah, young. it's as old as you. Like. <laughs> yeah. A little well, bit older. We while, while we were singing Ooh, Ah, Paul McGrath, gays were getting arrested. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't the Italian ninety, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, you know you're, you're asking the 90s. all the Are you? Have you listened to the Super Bowl episode? Jesus, Super Bowl episode. I'm deleting that. Later. Oh. oh, don't delete it. We did have a good time talking about the halftime acts. Oh dear, oh dear. I quite like like a, a bandwagon's episode sale. Being like, we're deleting this in ten days. Listen to it or it's gone, gone, gone. Harvey Norman there have been style. A few. They're all about that. Diets, diets, TikTok part one. TikTok. Do you want to go? No. Um, I was just going to ask about the route because I know that's always, I, I feel like I've seen that discussed a lot as well. Um, I shamefully have not participated in a Dublin Pride I've event. I've never been to Pride. I know. We need to I thought this was change one year. that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, you Connor. can. You can watch the Pride Parade It's online. all online now. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Vic and Davina are doing their whole thing online mm. as well. I know. Like and they're even in Mudia. I'm like, wow. Yeah. They Don't panic. Panic. Like live DJ ahead. No. Yeah, I was going to plug them at the end, but we'll, we'll <laughs> give them a proper rug at the end. But Sorry, I was just going to say on the route though, because I know from what I've seen people talk about it on the timeline and from my understanding of that, the route is very kind of not like directly 
through Dublin and I know that's like a point of like consternation for people as well that it's still a bit like oh yeah like the gays you can have your little walk but like <laughs> go around the go back, back roads, roads. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah well we got our we got the the, the, the Patrick's Day route back so for years it had been along the same route as St. Patrick's Day Parade and that was just what happened and then a couple of years ago they, they changed it around and it was like weird like you would walk down by, from the Garden of Remembrance you'd walk down and then you'd like take a left down the Keys and then you'd end up like walking through like you know the empty silicon docks and there'd be no one there and it was a bit weird and you'd finish up in some park and then they two or three years ago it finished over in Smithfield and I actually thought that was lovely because there was a proper um I mean not least because I was living there so it was very convenient but... <laughs> take me on boys <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone on my float <laughs> but it finished up in Smithfield Square and there was a big party there and I actually quite liked that because I think first of all like the Dublin gay scene if we're gonna call it that is kind of in that area it's kind of like Stony Banner, Capel Street that's and Kilmainham like that's where the gays are so it, it, it makes sense for it to be down there but I think that's there's an idea of parity going between, say, the, the national holiday of St. Patrick's Day and the Pride Parade, and the idea that somehow by not giving us that same route as the Patrick's Day Parade has, we were somehow being snubbed. I wouldn't have felt that, but lots of other people did. Um, and, you know, we have our... I felt very sorry, though, for the for the organisers of Mother last year because they had planned everything around that Smithfield finish up so that they could have the... Um, oh, yeah, like the, the block party, yeah. The block party down in the... Um, Collins Barracks. In Collins Barracks. And then all of a sudden we finish up over in Marion Square and it's like, all right, cool. And now we have to go taxi. <laughs> Dahi's just playing Shred. his fiddle like, I'm over here! Like, Come find me! Like, Pied Piper, like, find me. <laughs> <laughs> oh die what a man um, you were talking about like corporations and obviously that's pink washing is such a thing as yeah. well but like it's kind of difficult I had someone message me during the week about a brand who I'm not going to name because we would I don't think we'd ever get sponsored by them but I, I would be able to be, we would be we're crucified <laughs> no yeah. we're absolutely not um, a clothing brand and they had released like a t-shirt with like a rainbow kind of motif on it and her like her issue was like is that a bit like am I just being really cynical or is that a weird thing to release in Pride Month with like no reference to Pride and like no do you know what I mean and then I was kind of said to her I was like look if you feel that strongly about it I would message them Mm -hmm. but and like it's kind of hard though at the same time because you're wondering like in those rooms of people is there anyone in there who would identify as LGBTQ and be like this, this is the way it's going to look and it doesn't look great if you're going to do this or is it just a case of this particular brand to be honest I would be very surprised if they did have anyone that <laughs> was of that orientation but it's this difficulty of like because I know as well there was like a, that. do you remember that sandwich that came out the GLBT last year yes. yeah Marks and Spencer's yeah. and I remember like because I knew people who worked sorry. for sorry <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't care about Marks and Spencer. They are not going to sponsor us. I wish. Um, but I knew people who worked for that charity at the time. And I knew, like, I knew, like, the intentions are so good sometimes with that. Because, like, that wasn't, like, a case of, oh, we're sticking a rainbow on a sandwich and we're taking all the profits. Like, they were donating mm-hmm. back to LGBTQ charities. But, like, there is a thing of everyone's kind of sitting back and being like, okay, but what else, though? Like, are you are you just doing this for the month of June? Or, like, how are you bringing this, like, to your, to your workplace? How are you doing this, like, 365, not, like, just for the month of June? Like, it's a very... Yeah, oh, it's, it's such a, yeah, it's a really hard thing to... You're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you don't do anything, then people are like, why aren't you doing anything? But in my eyes, you don't win major brownie points by doing that. It's like, fine, whatever. You, yeah. you know, you're doing it. But I'm not going to turn against you. But that's personally yeah. my opinion. 
I, I, I don't know. It's, it is a complicated one because you are right. Like kind of how much are, say, even the LGBTQ charities giving over to these brands that will just come along for like two or three weeks a month while it is currently fashionable to be like, okay, we're going to have a, a, a rainbow pair of socks or we're going to have a rainbow sandwich or whatever it is. And, you know, we're going to be able to like legitimize our brand in your eyes by saying we're giving this money to this charity or that charity. Um, but I also know how underfunded the sector is. So like any money that, that can be, you know, can mm-hmm. be earned is, is, is really sort of appreciated and needed. Um, it's a complicated one. Yeah. I mean, I think on the overall sort of pink washing of it, though, I think it, it's, it's more... I, I think the, the slightly more insidious side of it is the large corporations that want to sort of buy into the parade and then expect the parade and for pride itself to sort of sanitize itself to become something that they mm. uh, that they that they are happy to be associated with rather than just accepting that this is our party you're showing it up to and you're showing up to it nice because I mean I suppose like pride traditionally has a sort of a, it's got a very political edge to it. it it sort of has a very activist edge to it it also i would say has quite a smutty edge to it and it has quite a highly sexualized edge to it especially and, and, in the continent oh god so, but, absolutely you know. oh no, way like ireland that we were all far too shy to be yeah, like you know we, we have that catholic rooms. guilt but yeah. you, go, <laughs> you go to germany and it's like walking it's like the Pornhub parade yeah. <laughs> But I, mean, like, but I think that they are legitimate parts of of pride and I, I don't like that they're being that that's been kind of pushed out of it or like now kind of did this there's this expectation that it's almost like kind of like if you remember like if you're kind of slightly notionsy aunt was coming to visit you'd made be made sit in like the good room and wear clothes that weren't really that comfortable or whatever it's like kind of like the gay community is being put in the good room with it's kind of like slightly uncomfortable clothes and we're being made to not fully enjoy or embrace the party and the the celebration that we've built for ourselves and the i suppose the, the journey we've been on in order to like look kind of legitimate for this this person who really the only thing is that she might be like i don't want to come back to this house again and it's like well good riddance to you if you don't legitimately want to be here authentically then you shouldn't be here in the first place that being said you know i can understand why facebook wouldn't want to be associated with uh with like dark rooms and whatnot yeah <laughs> i just all colors. So i know a girl and she worked in jamaica um and she's gay herself and she, it was like a telecommunications company she worked for and she had to do the branding for a cloud products they had and she suggested have like a little cloud icon little umbrella or like no umbrella say rainbow um and like maybe we could look look nice and the company would refuse to put a rainbow on the symbol even if it wasn't just because it's association with the community so that always comes into my mind that i'm like look at least i'm grateful that these companies are willing to even show that they yeah. support it even if it's not really contributing much yeah mm-hmm. i'd heard i don't know if this is still the case but people were going mad because facebook they're still like they won't let trans people identify with their whatever name they want to go by. If they for a while it was like making them have their birth name yeah. on Facebook pages, mm. or they were getting rid. Of, I don't no, know. There was there was a there was a situation where people weren't people had to have whatever was their. I think there was ways that like it was ways around it, but you were supposed to just have whatever your legal name was, or you're supposed to have your. So if, there's a lot of people would have maybe pseudonyms that they would have used. Yeah. Um, for safety reasons, if they didn't want to, like if they had a pay, Facebook page as their like. So I suppose that's their true self, but they didn't want people associated with their life to find it. They might have a different name and their their accounts were being shut down. Yeah. Um, and so there's a safety aspect to it. Okay. Um, which I, I I feel, I can't remember, but I feel like they might have changed that now, but I'm not sure. Okay. Tinder got in trouble as well because um, people were reporting trans people for uh, abuse because they were not women or were not men. And Tinder were, were saying that was, an, uh, well, they didn't check the reasons people were doing it and they just, they ended up like cancelling all these trans people's accounts for um, complaints that weren't really valid. Mm. I just hate I people know. like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
and dating apps. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. Oh my God. I don't know. You guys have never had to be on Grindr. That's all I'm saying. Oh God. Yeah. I've considered it. My my friend from home has just told me like, he said people like write to him being like asking him to buy his clothes and stuff. Oh my god! But not in like a deep up. Hey, on how are you? Like, <laughs> like in a in a I'd like to smell it. Way. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the dream. I, I have a friend and she had a Snapchat daddy who just wanted pictures of her feet once a week. I'm I'm up for that. That is my dream. <laughs> job. Well, actually, while we're here, can we convince Bree to set up? I set up an OnlyFans only only for twelve hours and then deleted it because <laughs> I got no subscriptions. And I got upset. But she didn't. She said that as if she promoted it. Like she was <laughs> I, I was the only like... one who knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, unless the crowds just find you by happenstance, you don't. You want I, you don't to promote yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when, when James said dark rooms, do you guys know what, what they are? No, I, I, laugh I do. <laughs> okay. I do. Um, so I mean, it, it, looks so shocked. <laughs> I've never been to one. I just know what they are. Like, well, first of all, a horrible grinder in, uh, incident I had the other day. So a man said hi to me, so I said hi back to him, and he said, "Sorry, not my type." <gasps> sorry right but but this is the thing like I find it like as rough as it is I think dating as like a woman or like just even a straight person like some like just some of what I've seen is so ruthless in the gay dating scene Mm, I know it's completely insane. Yeah, no, it is. It, 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 it gives you a thick skin. That's all I'll say. I can <laughs> imagine, like. Um, but back to dark rooms. Yes, I've dark rooms. Another place where you, need, where, you need, <laughs> where you need a thick skin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a dark room is, is essentially a large dark room in sort of like off a club where people can go to have sex. Okay. So it's just sort of bodies and groping and the rest i have a straight friend who listens to this podcast not 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 very okay kind of more or less sorry they exist in ireland there is no not really i suppose there's one in the boiler house but what about that one that jess brennan runs is, oh, that, is that was, is that like part of oh god I can't remember what the hell nice. is that it's in I've had my it's head in, in the sand it's in <laughs> Yamamori or Tengu but it's called something sanctuary I think it's called but I think they kind of that it's like it's like a latex like fetish kind of like oh, but they have a yes. no phones like policy so I'd imagine there is a bit of because there is one know? in I can't remember what the name of that what's the name of that that like big it's gay legal. night yeah. that's on all the time Buk- oh can I say that yeah I think so Bukaki? I think it's Bukaki. I can't remember. I've heard about that. Now, I invited my friends there for Pride one year, and they're like, "Yeah, that's cool." Uh, and I met up with one of the with one of them, and she was like, "So when are we going to Bukake?" And, <laughs> and I was like, "Do you know Buk- do you know what Bukaki is?" And she was like, "No." And I told her, and she's like, "Oh my god, I think I googled that on my work computer." <laughs> And she worked oh for a charity. No results. She worked oh for an god, international NGO charity. Oh my god, she's expecting like some kind of like oh, actually, pastries actually, or something. <laughs> like, actually, I think she listens to this podcast. So yeah. you know, you'll know who you are. Shout out you. No, I was I was saying as well. I've a a straight friend. Breed will know him and has met him, and he went to one in. Berlin and had the time of his life. I don't think he participated in everything, but it was a very eye-opening experience. Well, for him. Went, and I he's one hundred percent listening to this, so he'll know. Like I went to my first gay sauna over in Toronto, and I just couldn't get my head around it. I just felt I was in like a. Do you, do you ever see those ads for those video games for straight men? And it's like you know, you know, this woman can do whatever you want. She's click here and she'll orgasm, whatever. I felt like I was in one of those. <laughs> I don't remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Men have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Even the gays can't find a clip for I felt like I was in a porn video game. It was just ridiculous. And okay, but talk me through what ha- what happens when you so I, decide both to visit. Both our listen to this. I, my mom does not listen to this. I went with my boyfriend. I hope she doesn't right? switch off now. So the, we, uh, the two of us went just out of pure curiosity. He had read more about it than I had. Um, but mm. you go in and you you strip down. D-robe. <laughs> you know, we, had, we had the robe on though for a while. And then you kind of walk around. There's a sauna. There's a hot tub. There's a steam room all very dark there was like a pouring corner you could go over to and then there's oh all these rooms God. that you, you can buy and you can rent so you can pay whatever it is for, you buy it like 13 hours at a time and you can go and you'll stay in there and you'll just sit there with an erection on until somebody comes in and you can have sex and then there's dark rooms and there's like condoms on the wall um there's like uh like a sex swing did you and say I, you buy the room for 13 hours at a time yeah because some people will go and stay overnight in the d- sauna? I mean, yeah. bargain accommodation. Like big gay businessmen who are hiding from their wives sometimes will go and they'll leave their stuff in the locker and they'll go and they'll rent a room and they'll have sex with all the men they want and then they'll go sleep and fly home. You'd be so dehydrated. Wow. Yeah, you really I'm just, I'm, like I'm purely, like... I'm purely thinking of the sweat and nothing else. Yeah. Like, I was just... in there and I was like, I just wish everyone could see this. Like, obviously not everyone's allowed in. You're only allowed in if you're like a gay man, but like, it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. So there, much we don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's those sort of like more proper kind of like sauna type places. Mm. And, and also the whole time it was playing like, like techno house yeah music, German yeah. techno like almost like Mario with a beat when it changes you're like oh I'm up to the next level you would love that I would love that when can I go but like and people will just do stuff in front of you as well like you'd be sitting there and then like two guys will start blowing each other off there and like you know but then there's also like it's fully you know consensual yeah, yeah. consent is important but you to can be just honest, say no if you don't want and they'll go away and pick somebody else but yeah. I think that is a thing that like we as I don't feel like we're as like liberal with our sexuality do you know what I mean and just like it's something that like I think we could learn a lot that's I, the Catholic fra- guilt you know? again though no, I, I it actually is Catholic guilt from like an Irish perspective but yeah maybe I'm wrong there but I don't know it just seems no, like I, 
I think I, I agree with you, but I think that what's happening now with gay people in Ireland is that we're kind of being pushed more towards like, oh, you, you want to be part of society. Okay, cool. So now you have to be monogamous and you're not allowed to kind of do these kind of like this kind of like sexual stuff. You need to all be like, oh, that's gross. I'd never do that. Even though secretly we're all like, oh, well, maybe. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that like everyone could be more sexually liberal. It's great. It mightn't be the best 10 minutes of your life, but you certainly won't regret it. Absolutely. Chalk all into experience. I kind of feel because we're gay, we have to step off that traditional trajectory to life of getting married having kids blah 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 they're not uh, not all straight people conform to but i think it's once you're that one separate move you kind of see like oh well you know i don't have to get married i can mm. be in a triple i don't i can be polyamorous there's like you kind of just see all the other options to you whereas when you're kind of just kind of told what to be all along you kind of like oh, that feels weird to be yeah polyamorous, you know um, I have been to a couple of international prides and my first one was at Gran Canaria, which is a gay Mecca. Yeah. Um, oh. And there is, in Gran Canaria, there's a, if you've ever been there, like there's the Irish Centre, there's a place called the Yumbo Centre, which is just like this sort of huge sort of ILAC Centre style shopping centre full of gay bars with dark rooms in them. And I suppose there's the sauna type of place, which Keen described, and then mm. there's the... I suppose this Yumbo Center, more traditionally European style, which is where there's like a tiny bar, little tiny bar that just has like a little door into a bathroom beside it and just like a, a constant stream of men just going in to have sex. And they'll have like little rooms and they'll have like little swings or whatever you can get into if you're going for a more involved time or else there'll just be walls you can stand up against. And it always just like, it's very, like literally it's a case of kind of like someone will just be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bar. Oh, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Oh, I'm just going to go to the dark room and then come back like 10 minutes later, you know, partially satisfied. And... Only <laughs> <laughs> <Buddy> partially. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped halfway through. Not a great trip to the bathroom that time, unfortunately. There's also a place in Amsterdam... I'm sure this is other places where you register as either a top or a bottom. And then if you're a bottom, you choose a type of color of underwear. And if, let's say if it's red, you don't want a condom. If it's blue, you want a condom. And you get up on a table and you can't see behind you and someone just comes and takes you from behind. Oh my God. It. The efficiency is just unreal. <laughs> yeah, there's no about like No mind games. And I think <laughs> if you're at the top, you just see like the array in front of you and you just pick the one you want. Oh my god! Like naked attraction. So I don't know if there's somebody who's there being like, "Come on, guys, it's been twenty minutes." <laughs> oh no! Imagine being that guy. Oh, that's not nice. Oh lord! <laughs> How did we get here? Pride. Pride. Pride, is a, Pride is a protest to up the dark rooms. <laughs> um, you mentioned it a bit earlier, James, but I suppose we can never like not know enough. That seemed like a lot of negatives there, but anyway. How can we be better allies? And I mean that as me and Breed, and I mean yeah. the people that are listening. Um, I, I think that just being sensitive to what the LGBTQ people in your life are saying to you, uh, listening and not overpowering the conversation is is, is the most important. I mean, like, like we're seeing, I suppose what we're seeing, every marginalized group really wants the same thing, which is just to be like treated with respect and treated with sort of dignity and allowed to have their experience. Uh, we're seeing it a lot with say the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment where there's kind of this uh, I suppose the, a lot of what's coming from that is this idea of like it's up to you to educate yourself on the issues don't come to me and expect me to, to sort of you know bring you up to speed and what you should know and what you should know I mean basically you just need to be a decent person you just need to be sound <laughs> well, I, think, yeah. that's like the... <laughs> I, I presume the majority of your listeners are kind of the similar demographic to yourselves like sort of you know 20s women I would guess I don't know yeah what are we like well, eight I think it's like yeah 18 to 30 Women. women okay well i always think one thing that's really interesting with straight women is with bisexual men so there'll be a lot of straight women who are like oh yeah i'm an ally i'm all yeah. lgbt but if i hear a guy's bisexual i'm kind of turned off because then he's he's less of a man 
Yeah. And yeah. that is a problem that bisexual men face a lot. So I think that, you know, that's always something you can be questioning yourself and be like, would I, do I have that prejudice? You know, yeah, and just sort of, you know, work that out with yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I think actually that's, that's a really valid point, which is that remembering that there's more to the LGBTQ than just the G, because I think that mm. particularly, I suppose, the straight women in that, in that particular demographic, they're, there's such a bond now built between the gay men and straight women like that is such like a, a a strong bond now that's been built over years but trans people need support need allies they need people to speak up for them and still like are really far behind us in the journey towards equality i would say by people as well because i do think that with when it comes to bisexuality when it's looked at as a phase for women and a stepping stone for men it's not looked at as a legitimate choice that people make and i think kind of challenging people if they have those opinions or making sure that if someone t- comes out to you as bi that you're not just kind of going like, ah but but are you really you know like so actually really just mm-hmm. like I, I i suppose just treating those with the, the treating them with respect uh, is the most important thing and yeah. then as i would say kind of like if someone comes to you and says like oh i'm you know pansexual or i'm non-binary or just hearing what that person has to say not questioning them on it just accepting it for what it is and then if you want to know more about it go and find more about it yourself afterwards and just be the supportive friend i think that's the the most important thing because outside of c-step pod we both do separate other radio shows and podcasts about lgbtq things and one thing i think we both fight struggle with is that we focus too much on the g in the lgbt just because yeah, that's who absolutely. we are um and there's a lot more lesbian content that doesn't get represented like everyone knows what a bear and an otter and a twink is but there's different types of lesbian as well and not that many people know about that like your lipstick lesbian and your i don't know those i will intrude and say that i actually don't know what an otter is and i really want to know now okay <laughs> can you explain please i'd say keen guess let her guess first okay no keen is a twink keen's a twink he's aging out of a twink into an otter oh no well, i would say it's like otter. the life cycle of a butterfly isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful whereas i've been a cub for a while but i think i'm becoming a bear <laughs> oh i suppose recap if nobody knows a twink is a gay young hairless man yes an otter is a not as young more hairy but on the skinnier side guy mm-hmm. and then a bear would be a bigger hairy guy yeah you see these are the categories we <laughs> age size hair there's like wolves and, and stuff like that but then yeah, the yeah. Three. they're the main three yeah yeah and then like you then when it comes to lesbians you like and i mean i'm not a lesbian so i'm open to correction but your lipstick lesbian is your more femme lesbian like think portia de rossi yeah and then you'd have your chapstick lesbian well sorry you'd have your butch lesbian who'd be more masculine um, and then you have your chapstick, which is kind of in between. So kind of okay. like, like a woman with like Ellen Page, say, would be okay. kind of in between. And then you have a stone butch who is a butch lesbian who only wants to give, never wants to receive. There you go. I've never heard any of them. Mm. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Every school life. So be engaging more lesbian not just yeah. gay culture yeah. as well, you know, because think you know, the women need just as much support as we do. Oh yeah, yeah. like we're absolutely guilty of that. Like and in terms funny, of like, and for so me I, as well, like absolutely. all the a lot of the media I consume is like Drag Race, which is just all like mm. men, like mm-hmm. are trans. Yeah, and there's very like there's no lesbians on Drag Race. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Rue hates women. <laughs> but that's also another podcast for another day. Don't get me started on but that. that, like that I, will that's, get going. I mean, that's one other simple thing that you can go and do if you want to be more supportive of other aspects of the LGBTQ community. If you are a super fan of Drag Race, go and follow the Black Queens. Go and follow the Trans Queens, and like make sure that you're engaging with them on social media because that's a big platform that they have to like build their brands as well. Um, and if people see those queens getting more followers and becoming more kind of I suppose, uh, I suppose becoming more fan favorites and they'll get into all stars and hopefully that'll change the way that uh, 
that, that RuPaul thinks, but I don't think it will. <laughs> no, not at this age. No, <laughs> and, I, and another thing you can do actually is practice using they, them pronouns. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a total change we need to prepare ourselves for. And I find if it's somebody who I'm introduced to and I've only known them from using they, them pronouns, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But somebody like Sam Smith, who I have to change myself from yeah. using the, the masculine pronouns now that they, them, I find that a bit more tricky. But I think it's even just asking people is like normalizing like asking that as well because you might think it's really obvious but like it's like it's not if it's someone you've just met like how can you just mm. like in an ideal hate to be like assume your gender like i sound like a fucking one of those people on the internet that i hate <laughs> do you know what i mean like you you can't though like no yeah uh, like in an ideal world we'd all just say they until they tell us otherwise yeah but, yeah, um, yeah. If they've told you they, then you have to practice that because it takes practice. What I've noticed in an awful lot of Zoom meetings I'm at, and I don't know if it's just a sector I'm in, is that like people's Zoom names will always have their pronouns after them. So it'll be like, James, that's just the, he, that's him. the industry you work in, probably. Yeah. <laughs> in the construction industry, people have <laughs> pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to be talking to an architect. Sorry, uh, what's your pronoun? <laughs> Mick the builder having a banger, like trying to make the cups of tea. Like. <laughs> What do you think are the biggest issues still facing the LGBTQ plus community in 2020? In Ireland or the world? I suppose, uh, let's go both. Why not? I suppose the ones you mentioned earlier on in Ireland, I think, um, would be trans healthcare, LGBT elderly and in direct provision. Yeah, I think that's for LGBT older people are, a ma- I think so I work specifically with LGBT older people, mm. so this is like a particular passion project of mine. Um, they're a really, really invisible group. They're, they've been marginalized because I think that what happens in, in society in general is once you reach a certain age, the idea that you would have had any form of a sex life or that like your, se- your sexuality becomes erased anyway. So these are people who never got to fully express who they were at the point when society would have acknowledged it now they've been living within themselves without kind of being able to be out and open as who they are for a very long time and they're marginalized they're usually by and large the lgbt older people in general will have worse mental health because they'll tend to be isolated they'll tend to not have uh, family or support systems around them and there's such a huge amount of them now as i said before whenever you see kind of a, a large kind of win or advancement for lgbt rights here in ireland you'll get that sort of like boost of people contacting lgbt ireland or, or different lgbt ser- services and a lot of that is coming from much older people so people in their 60s and 70s who've lived an entire life some of them who are still married have had like marriages for for years and some of them who, who never married and are living on their own and they finally want to start coming out and the system isn't ready to support them yet because you, you, our healthcare system is, is really built just to see like our healthcare system is built to see everyone as equal but not really understand that people have nuances that they're, they're, they're going to, to need taken care of so I think to me that's the biggest issue because there's a huge there's going to be about two two million people over 65 in the next couple of years and there's at least 10 percent of them are going to be lgbt so we need to have a way to to allow those people live dignified dignified lives and, and and be sort of who they want to be for whatever portion of their life they get to do that because it's very sad that they haven't had the opportunity to do that their entire lives i do think direct provision is an enormous issue because mm-hmm. those people are on the margins of the margins of the margins of the margins of of society and i think they've been treated horrifically since they came here uh, um, and the other thing is they, they flee countries where it's not allowed to be LGBT and they come yeah. to Ireland and they get put in direct provision with other people who have mm. fled those countries who don't think it's okay to be LGBT yeah. and they're even more trapped with the things they're trying to escape here than they are over there mm. you know at least yeah. they had their own house that they could be gay in now they can't <laughs> they're sharing yeah. a bedroom with a homophobe I, yeah. I think internationally though I think that there is a trend back towards I, I think that the gay rights hit like a high point 
maybe about the world said gay rights about two years ago and now they're they're kind of forgetting that so what you're seeing in eastern europe and sort of the worrying stuff that's going on in in, in the u.s and say brazil and poland actually and yeah. poland yeah. yeah so it's like that's those sort that's the beginning of a movement that if not dealt with head on and quickly could become something much bigger and you could start seeing stuff rolling back even here you could start seeing stuff rolling back that they did it they've, they've been doing surveys kind of like uh litmus test surveys every year and this year for the first year the attitudes towards lgbt people was lower than it was the year before it had been going up and up and up in, and ireland? Up in ireland yeah so it's it's like that's so sad why do you think that is I think because it's not in the national discussion as much okay. and therefore people go back to kind of what uh, some people will fall back onto what had been their kind of like long-standing belief system from beforehand they're not seeing it as as an urgent issue also there's an awful lot of people see it as kind of like oh god would they ever shut up didn't they get marriage you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so when they hear kind of us talking about like well actually we need you to reform parenting we need more aggressive lgbt inclusive stuff for schools they're like oh for christ's sake you know and like that sort of results in yeah. them being... i don't know if you guys saw it, like last year in birmingham they were trying to teach a program called no outsiders which basically it's not just lgbt inclusive it's religious inclusive and gender and all that stuff and a lot of religious parents complained about it and tried to get it not taught in the school anymore so like, yeah stuff like that like go get a hobby like do you i know and it's age appropriate but they just think you know it's too it's too young to be learning about yeah. sex when all they're really been learning about is like that two men can love each other and two women yeah. can love each other do you know yeah, yeah. but this yeah. Uh, like even in my experience of school like if you consider how watered down like our sexual education was yeah oh, we like, have one. well like, <laughs> I, like I did biology so you have like obviously the, the physical aspect of that I don't think we actually got, I got like formal like sex education from the from an SPHE side yeah. of here but I can imagine like well I can't but like imagine you are like a gay person sitting there and none of that caters to you at all it's like I have a horrific story. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so when I was in secondary school, we did like absolutely awful kind of like watered down, like delivered by a priest sort of uh, sexual, um, sex, whatever sex uh, counts or sex, not sex counts, like was it sex ed? Yeah. And, um, oh, this is such a horrible story. So <laughs> the, at the very, I was in, I was in the room, I was at 17 time. I knew I was gay. I hadn't come out yet. I was sort of, sort of like, you know, thinking about it, but very aware that that was kind of like who I was and that I was going to come out. And at the end of the session, the, the guy who was delivering it was like, oh, does anyone have any, uh, any, any questions about um about this and someone was like oh you know the way like aids is, is delivered by by blood uh you know or, or like blood gives you aids like how does that mean that more gay people get it and the priest just said like absolutely matter of fact he's like there's a terrible amount of blood involved in anal sex <gasps> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i was scarred scarred thinking what horrific lifestyle am i signing myself up for <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh God. <laughs> on the on the topic of blood, another thing <laughs> that is we're a true crime podcast <laughs> is uh, the availability to give blood as a gay man. I was going to ask, yeah. yeah, and I don't know the actual ins and outs of the, of the rules, but you can't do it unless if you're having sex. Basically. I think I have it written down here. Hang on. So, um, uh, Galway student Thomas Hennigan. Oh yes, Hennigan? He, he's he, a he's a really big Hennigan. guy yeah. on it. He, he took a case against the Irish Blood Transfusion Service to get rid of the lifelong ban on men who had sex with men giving blood. Um, and it was lifted on the 16th of January 2017, but it's not completely lifted. So like under the new law, it's only men who have who have not had sex with another man within the past 12 months. If Which they meet the other blood donor. After coronavirus is done, yeah, we'll be all able like, to give blood. Like, so Tomas <laughs> is actually staying off sex to give blood. 
like fair play like. I know yeah he's, he's like a really big but how like that it's just and the rules so make also stupid. make no sense as well because it's like whatever 12 months uh, if a man doesn't have sex 12 months he can give blood but like if he had sex with a woman prior to that she can't give blood for 18 months or something stupid like that like the rules don't even make mm. sense in their world view you know it's, it's all very strange and actually I remember got my dad bringing me to g- give blood for the first time and I didn't know any of these rules and at that point I was out myself but not out to him so I sat there and I was filling in a little form and then I was like oh if you've yeah, you know, if you've given oral sex to another man, and I was like, oh my god, I can't fill out this form, but I can't tell my dad why I can't fill out this form. Oh, no. And I was just sitting there, and like my heart was pumping, and I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna get out of this? And, and I was looking through anything else, and I was like, I don't have foot and mouth disease. <laughs> I don't have the swine to it. So I went to the the nurse, and I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And I told her the story, and she was like, do you have any allergies? And I was like, I have a very minor peach allergy. She was like, we'll go with that. That's what you'll say because of the allergy. We'll what a sound! Fair play, nurse. <laughs> I went back and I told my dad I was like oh because I have a you know allergy and he didn't question it thank God and but then when I came out I told him and he was just, he just laughed then but <laughs> yeah it was, was absolutely blindsided and it was really like a really memorable moment because yeah. I remember just sitting back because I'd I'd been a bit promiscuous and. Uh, up to that point, I remember just sitting in the car being like, oh my God, I don't know what diseases I have now after reading that. And, you know, I, got, I just got really frightened. Yeah. Interesting. And just because there's like, no, yeah. in, like, no information know whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And they're weird. There's batshit questions on that. They're like, is there something to do with monkeys as well? <laughs> yeah. There could be. I don't know. It's been, I have to get, I'm, I used to love my dad. Well, he still gives blood. And I used to go with him. And it was like, what a buzz. Like, you get the sweets at the end. <laughs> we used to go with mom, you'd go mom the like, different, go like, rows of chairs. And you'd squeeze that bone yeah. thing that they get to get the vein up. <laughs> I, it was like such a bonding exercise for me, yeah. my dad, honestly. No, mom used to bring all of us. And like, we'd be taking up the whole table that was just surrounded by Tato. None of us having given blood. Like, and all, these, <laughs> all these people, like, can, but I, get, like, can I get in at them bourbons there? In fairness, we will say as well, like, they, they all didn't they previously well not up until like very very recently but like recently enough like they used to let you like get, have a pint of Guinness and then yeah. go mm. so I mean they used to give women after giving birth they'd drenched. give them a pint of Guinness to up their iron levels and that's what I stand by yeah. <laughs> and that's what I want I wouldn't say my birth either, plan <laughs> anyway um, we have a few like resources for people if they sure. want to watch and learn and whatever else you watched the or watched some of it The Life and Death of Marsha B. Johnson yeah that's on Netflix yeah mm-hmm. Um, also extremely relevant still with the conversation around mm-hmm. uh, yep. Black Lives Matter as well yep. obviously More because ever, yeah. if it's not Black Trans Lives Matter as well you're doing it wrong Yes, we need to support them as well. Um, obviously, James, you're hosting Big Gay Bucket List, which is a lovely podcast. Which terrific podcast, which has gone quite light. <laughs> if I do say that myself, quite quite, <laughs> quite light entertainment last while since coronavirus. But usually, we, we have talked about gay mental health, and we've talked about it. we we talk to people in different from different aspects of the community to understand their experiences. Kim, where can people listen to your radio show? Oh yeah, I do a radio show on Liffy Sound called Umbrella and it's also podcasted. So just if you, uh, it's like Umbrella Radio Show on Instagram. And if you just look Umbrella on like Spotify, you can find it there. Likewise, very jovial since co- cro- uh, coronavirus because it's all like Eurovision and some queer artists have music out. But I spoke to Tomas Hinn and stuff like that. And if you go back a bit more, there's stuff from like, yeah, you know, being able to give blood to what sex toys are good for gay people and stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool. Also wanted to shout out, I'm Grandmam. My two faves. I thought you were just saying that to your own mother. <laughs> <laughs> After that conversation just, about the dark room, I'm so grand, ma'am. I'm grand. <laughs> I no. haven't been ringing you back. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, PJ and Kevin are great. Um, and The Struggle Boss is another one that I like to listen mm-hmm. to that's hosted by um, two gay gals, 
really enjoy that and again like mental health like a bit more serious yeah. but I do enjoy it and Paris yep. is Burning you'd also list it as yeah. well also um, if I can take over absolutely uh, Dublin, please Dublin Lesbian Line do a podcast called Woman Star which is fantastic where they interview uh, influential Dublin lesbians uh, and I would strongly suggest everyone to go and like follow share do whatever you can to GCN give them money because Ireland needs a really robust queer press and they have been absolutely phenomenal at providing support to people during the, the last couple of months uh, they're a real lifeline to people around the country in rural places that don't necessarily have a, a, a queer community or a queer network yeah, amazing I, also podcast wise uh, Homo Sapiens do you guys do that I've heard of it but uh, I it used to be Will Young now it's Alan Cumming uh, okay. and Chris Sweeney and they kind of interview high profile LGBTQ people um, and then there's a new one I can have uh, well not new to me uh, called Pride and Joy which is about a, a trans man over in Britain who gave birth to his own child um, and he, he speaks to other people about the right to give birth and different couples trying to adopt and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff which is really worth listening to amazing cool. yeah that sounds very interesting I've been looking for new podcasts and oh, now I have them <laughs> <laughs> mini back noggins before we and everyone at you what you got yeah, for us yeah they're all kind of th- it's kind of like the one theme okay because three of my favourite Netflix shows are back for like a new season so they're all Netflix shows um, the first one is The Sinner season three okay Bill are you still watching that it's so good. I thought season two was supposed to be shite. I can't remember it, but season three has. Can't be that good, Breeze. Oh, good for him. I'm oh, glad he's working. Yeah, no, he looks great. And Bill Pullman's back and he's unreal. Um, so that's back for season that's three. That's the one that had Jessica Biel. Yeah, yeah, she was season one. I okay. thought season one was so good. I th- but that's what everyone said. Season one was like, it's amazing. And then season two came out and they were like, what? This is like a different mm. show. I don't know. Yeah, I'll give it I'll another chance. I'll never watch it, but I would encourage everyone listening to it do so because <laughs> Breed really enjoys it. So. I it's a sinner it's and it's very on Netflix. similar to True Detective, if you like that. Kind oh, of. I did like True yeah, Detective. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like the first like season. like you don't really know what's going on. First season of True Detective, if I go back and watch that, like, oh, I would in a heartbeat. So mm. good. You would just go back and watch that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but to watch it for the first time. Oh, like. okay. um, next is The Politician with my favourite ever person, Ben Platt. I I feel like I w- would I enjoy this. Shall I start this? Yeah, it's, so it's by the creators of Glee, the same guys that did Hollywood and did like Nip Talk, um, American Horror Story. Pose? Have you guys watched Pose? Po- no, it's on my list. At the day of that as well. Pose is, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Brian Murphy too. Okay. Yeah. It's like all there those kind of like quirky, campy, kind of weird but like still have a good storyline. Okay. Is that a good description? Yeah, yeah, it's like Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk and Ian Brennan, I want to say. Okay. And then what is the politician about? Um, it's about, so the season, this is season two. Season one is Ben Platt. He is uh, running for student council and there's, it's like he's basically ruthless in his endeavour to win. And there's this other side storyline, which is basically the Gypsy Rose Blanchard thing, but it's all very like ripping the piss out of it. Um, and what's her name is in it? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What's the girl in Sing Street called? She's Lucy Boynton. Okay. She's in it. She's great. Um, I would have gotten that if you said like Rami Malek's girlfriend. Lucy I don't know why you said Yeah, she's in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Lucy Boynton, Ben Platt, the girl that plays Gypsy Rose. She's a very big actress as well. I just don't know her oh, name. Oh, you correct me on her name before. Like she's Jamie, incredible. Billy. No, no, no. That's you're thinking of. You're thinking of. The other Gypsy Rose thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the act. Never mind. Yeah, just thinking about Forget I said anything. Okay. So uh, it doesn't matter. You'll know her face. Um, the politician. The politician. G- uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. I don't like her. But um, okay. Jessica Lange. Lange. Bette oh, Midler yeah. is in oh. the new season. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, very good. Why um, didn't you start with Bette Midler? 
She, I was watching that. I was two episodes in. This is in. a pride episode of Breed. <laughs> no. Started with Ben Midler. <laughs> she's only in season two, but I started watching it last night and I was two episodes in and I was like, I know her and I know she's the witch from Hocus Pocus, but that's as far as my brain is willing to go today. And then I Googled it and it's Bette Midler. Um, and finally, Dating Around is back for season two. Oh, dating Around is so good. So I watched this when it first came out last year on a very hungover Sunday and I just watched them all in a row. It's basically, have you seen it? It's no, like, no. it's another dating show, but it's kind of shot as if it's a movie. It's very like, it's kind of strange the way it's shown because the main dater wears the same outfit but goes on five different dates. So it kind of cuts between, he'll ask a question and then it'll cut between different people answering them. Like, but it's, so it's five different dates, but it's edited as the one kind of. Um, It's really good and they're really quick. But season two is just, I've got Fanula in season on it Season two is so good. I would recommend episode two if you want to eat your own hands. Yeah. It is <laughs> so cringy. Like mercilessly cringe. And I loved uh, Brandon's episode as well, The Gay Teacher. Like that had yes. me feeling, oh, there's one bit and they're so like flirty and like outside a bar. And I'm like, oh, I was fizzing. I was absolutely buzzing. Yeah, no, It's very, course. very good. That's it's, also Netflix. And it's kind of just like mindless watching if you just want something yeah, to very have on in the background. Short, snappy. Yeah. Decent watch, yeah. Um, can I give two small shout outs to people? Absolutely. Um, Sophie sure. White's new book, Unfiltered, is out now, and I'm very excited to read it, and I'd recommend that you I all do it. I purchased it. Good woman. With my money. <laughs> um, I, the first one, if you haven't read Filter This, I would recommend it's a, like a very kind of tongue in cheek look at like influencer life and whatever. It's just, it's very, very funny, and I can't wait to see what happens with Ali and the rest of them. So that's Unfiltered by Sophie White. Go by that. And Jack Fla, who did our lovely new jingle. Oh, yeah. Um, his new single is out now and it's called Pushback, and it's very, very good. Very He's pop punk. I love it. Jack Fla music on Jack Fla music, yeah. Go follow him, and the song is Pushback. What did you want to say about Vic and Davina, or did we cover it already? Oh, their, their Pride event is this Thursday. This yes. Thursday, yeah. yes. Um, and as you said, Mucha is going to be performing, and Danny Beard, I think. Yeah, yeah. there's loads. But um, you can. You can get um, You can get tickets online, but go support them because, like, the drag queens have been absolutely shagged with this corona. Oh, like, they they've had to just yeah. bring everything online. Uh, I was watching their their Euro Queen one last Thursday, oh, yeah. and, and Victoria was saying that uh, their contract, like they signed a contract with Mucha, so she has to come before. They have to pay her regardless. So he's like, "Please come and <laughs> join the show because Mucha Buena's expensive." <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. She doesn't even have to leave her house. Yeah, now. <laughs> what would be your go-to Mucha Buena song? Because oh, this is the real world. Yeah. I'm not a little girl yeah. and know exactly. But she has so many. That wouldn't sound for Mutia. Song for Mutia is the only up. one that I know. I mean, it's the, brilliant. No, there was world. one and she sampled a song and it like like a really big song and it wasn't great. But no, I, don't, I only know those two. I just I do love her and she was on Celebrity Big Brother the other day as well. She's on everything. She did Celebs Go Dating. She did. She's very funny on social media. She's very on trip. Yeah. She's a celebrity coach trip, of course she did. for it all now, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, that's Davina and Vic's Pride Party. Uh, if you're looking for some Pride fun and... Oh, they have a podcast as well, Pay Little Things. So... Yeah, they did an them. episode on Pride too. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much. Thank if you, you want to us. get more of Keanu James and more drag race in your life, see that pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are so grateful for you coming in and we do really, really appreciate it. No Especially on your birthday, James. Yeah, I know, you dragging myself in here. I mean, no, to be fair, if the pubs had been open, it would have been a no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the honesty we need. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been Fanula. I've been Breed. 
Um, we're Bandwagons Podcast on social media. Um, we're on Patreon if you want to support us there. Our most recent episode is on Selling Sunset. Yep. And I'll, the, what's, what's the approach? The, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a stroke. Are you, <laughs> while we're doing this month. Yeah. Um, so we're donating a portion of this month's fund um, across some Black Lives Matters organisations and to Massey Ireland. And there's loads of other good stuff there as well. So worth signing up for if you want to do that but as always there's really no pressure I feel really bad now anyway if you if you like this episode if you liked any of the episodes uh, leave a review because we really like reading them but only if they're nice only if they're nice um, we will see you next week bye 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 <laughs> oh my god we should start an acapella group <laughs> bye Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.